Welcome to Insights, a production of J.P. Morgan Funds. Insights is an audio podcast that provides perspective on the opportunities and uncertainties facing investors today. Today's program, the Market Insights Weekly Commentary. Hello, this is David Kelly. I'm Chief Strategist here at J.P. Morgan Funds. Today is January 14, 2019. The week ahead will be dominated by fourth quarter earnings reports and increasing concerns about the damage being inflicted upon the economy by the government shutdown. On the earnings front, 34 S&P 500 companies are set to release their numbers. Overall, this earnings season should provide a strong end to an extraordinary year. According to Standard Poor's, analysts expect Q4 operating earnings per share of $40.38, up 19.3% year-over-year, bringing the annual total to $156.95, up 26.1%, from 2017. However, there are some signs of moderation in the data. First, over the past three months, analysts have cut their estimates of Q4 earnings by over 5%. While analysts usually reduce their estimates as the reporting season draws near, this is the biggest downgrade to earnings estimates that we've seen in the last eight quarters. Second, there are some fundamental factors that should dampen earnings in the fourth quarter. Oil prices fell with WTI up just 8% year-over-year in the fourth quarter, compared to 45% year-over-year in the third. Analysts expect energy companies to account for 5.9% of S&P 500 earnings in Q4, compared to 6.3% in Q3. The dollar was up 3% year-over-year in the fourth quarter, compared to 2.2% in the third, and year-over-year declines in the first half of 2018. This higher dollar drags on corporate earnings by reducing the dollar value of foreign revenues. Wage costs are also beginning to creep up. Average hourly earnings for production and non-supervisory workers were up 3.3% year-over-year in the fourth quarter, compared to 2.8% in the third. And interest costs have increased somewhat, with BAA corporate bond yields rising above 5% in the fourth quarter for the first time since early 2016. In addition, the global economy has slowed in recent months, and the US economy appears to have done the same, at least in terms of aggregate demand. Moreover, to the extent that firms have discretion in accounting choices, it would not be unusual for them to rack up special charges in the fourth quarter, allowing them to project better year-over-year growth going forward. However, all of this should be fairly well recognized by investors. Because of this, the likelihood is that over 70% of firms will report positive earnings surprises, and earnings numbers should be somewhat reassuring to investors worrying that sharp fourth-quarter stock market sell-offs were signaling greater problems than actually exist. Looking forward into 2019, in the first quarter, both currency effects and energy prices will exert a greater drag on year-over-year earnings than in the fourth quarter. And without the one-time benefit of tax cuts, earnings gains should fall to the high single digits on a year-over-year basis. However, provided the U.S. economy avoids recession, earnings gains should remain positive, with S&P 500 operating earnings per share for the year coming in at close to $170, or a reasonable 15.3 times Friday's S&P 500 index close of 2,596. But will the US economy avoid recession in 2019? The answer is probably still yes. However, ironically, the greatest risks the US economy are emanating from Washington, which would logically be in the business of producing economic cures rather than diseases. The government shutdown now in its fourth week is rapidly becoming the greatest of these dangers. It is negatively impacting the economy in four broad ways. First, there is the direct hit to GDP from work not being done by federal workers and income not being received. There are roughly 380,000 workers on furlough and a further 420,000 who are working without pay. These numbers represent 0.28% and 0.53% of total payroll employment respectively. If the shutdown were to continue for the entire first quarter, 
it would directly knock roughly 1.1% annualized from GDP and 2.1% annualized from wage income, assuming the hourly output and wages of impacted federal workers are similar to those of the general workforce. These effects would, of course, be amplified by the multiplier effects of spending not done by these workers due to a lack of ready income and by all the federal contractors who are also not getting paid. Second, there is a growing indirect impact of the shutdown. So far, the damage has been relatively minor. That is, from a macro perspective, obviously not for the people affected. With the shutdown of some national parks and a halt to the processing of many loans and permits. The Treasury Department claims that income tax refunds will be paid on time, and TSA and air traffic controllers are still working, though not getting paid. However, this could easily get out of hand, as it's unclear how long these workers would or could continue to work without pay. If income tax refunds were delayed, the impact on consumer spending would be huge. If TSA or air traffic controller workers stopped showing up en masse, the impact on the air traffic system in the US economy would also be huge. Third, there is a negative impact on consumer and business confidence. According to Rasmussen reports, their consumer confidence index has fallen 8 points in early January from a strong level of 138 in December. This drop is likely also to show up in the University of Michigan's Consumer Sentiment Index due out this Friday. It could also be reflected in some weakness in the survey from the National Association of Home Builders due out on Wednesday. However, the most serious problem in this regard is the uncertainty caused by the shutdown. An increasing number of businesses could postpone hiring and investment decisions until they can see an end to the stalemate, broadly threatening economic growth. Finally, there is a growing fog around how the U.S. economy is performing due to a lack of government data. This week's statistical releases on holiday retail sales and housing starts are very unlikely to be published, adding to the data vacuum caused by a lack of recent numbers and inventories in international trade. At this stage, the fourth quarter GDP release due out on January 30th is very likely to be postponed. And importantly, in the absence of data on the economy, many consumers, businesses and investors may assume the worst. Entering 2019, the U.S. economic expansion looks set to continue at a slower pace. With still falling unemployment, rising corporate earnings and stable inflation, this is still our baseline forecast. However, however, every day that goes without a reopening of the government increases the risk that this forecast will turn out to be too optimistic. Well, that's some gloomy thoughts for this week. Please tune in again next week, and if you have any questions in the meantime, please reach out to your J.P. Morgan representative. Opinions, estimates, forecasts, and statements of financial market trends that are based on current market conditions constitute our judgment and are subject to change without notice. These views described may not be suitable for all investors. References to asset classes and financial markets are for illustrative purposes only and are not intended to be and should not be interpreted as recommendations. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. This is a general communication being provided for informational purposes only. Prior to making any investment or financial decisions, an investor should seek individualized advice from personal, financial, legal, tax, and other professional advisors that take into account all of the particular facts and circumstances of an investor's own situation. J.P. Morgan Asset Management is the marketing name for the investment management business of J.P. Morgan Chase & Company and its affiliates worldwide.